the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message is, Why Am I Here on This Earth? Why Am I Here on This Earth? Dr. Anthony Compolo, a former professor of sociology at Eastern University in Pennsylvania, someone I knew quite well, tells about a church that has a student recognition day every year. One year after several students had spoken quite eloquently, the pastor started his sermon in a very dramatic way. Young people, he said, You may not think that you're going to die, but you are. One of these days, they'll take you to the cemetery, drop you in a hole, throw some dirt on your casket, and go back to the church and eat potato salad. (laughs) We may not like to acknowledge it, but someday every one of us will have to face the potato salad promise that we will all die, dust to dust, earth to earth, ashes to ashes. In light of this inescapable fact, how would you answer the questions? Why am I here? What is the purpose of my life? What is the meaning of life? Understanding your purpose in life produces inner peace, a sense of security, and meaning to all that you do. God has a purpose for your life and mine, and until we find that purpose, we are like a ship drifting on the sea of life. So the question is, why did God place me here on this earth? There are three points. Number one, God made me to know him and to be like him. Have you ever heard anybody have said, whether facetiously or not, I didn't ask to be born. In a cartoon, a teenager is complaining to his dad, I didn't ask to be born. And his dad replied, if you had, the answer would have been no. (laughs) The fact is, we did not choose to be born. We may not have been planned by our parents, but God planned for us to be born. He did that before the world was created, before there was any 
human being on the, on the face of the earth. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, 4 through 6, reading from the New Living Translation, second edition. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his family, bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. So long before any of us were born, God decided that we were going to be born. The fact that you're alive today means that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God made us to love us. He made us with the capacity to have a relationship with him. And if we are not spending time getting to know God, then we are missing out on one of the purposes for which we were created. We were created in God's image, and we will always be restless until we find rest in knowing God and loving him. God not only wants us to know him, but he also wants us to be like him, to develop his character. God made human beings different from all the other creatures that he created. Only human beings have the ability to communicate with God. God made us so that we could be like him in love and, and honesty, in joy, in peace and patience. Christ is our model. God wants us to be like his son Jesus Christ in every area of our life. God's purpose for your life and mine is to make us like his son, Jesus Christ. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into his plans. For from the very beginning, God decided that those who came to him, and all along he knew who would, should become like his son, so that his son would be the first with many brothers and sisters. And having chosen us, he called us to come to him, and when we came, he declared us not guilty, filled us with Christ's goodness, gave us right standing with himself, and promised us his glory. Notice the words, all that happens. Does that include difficulties? Does that include tragedies? Does that include problems of one kind or another? Of course. Does that include disappointments and things that we don't understand? Yes. It does not say that all things that happen are good. A lot of bad things happen to us in this world. It says all that happens to us are working for our good. 
See, once you understand this truth, once you understand that God's goal for your life is to make you like Jesus Christ and to build character in your life, then everything in life will take on new meaning. You realize God has a purpose behind whatever is happening to you. Once I understand that God put me here to know him and to be loved by him, and then to become like his son Jesus Christ, then everything, every event has a purpose. God is using these events in our life, though we don't realize it. He's using all of these um, strange events in our lives to teach us so that we can become more like his son Jesus Christ. For example, is God forgiving? Is Jesus Christ forgiving? Yes, he is. So if God wants you to become like his son Jesus Christ, he wants you to learn to be forgiving like Christ. But the question then is, how do you learn to be forgiving? There's only one way. Get offended. Get hurt. You, if you have never been hurt, if you are never offended, if nobody ever stabs you in the back, if nobody ever criticizes you, how are you going to learn forgiveness? You see, if you don't learn forgiveness, you're never going to be like Jesus Christ because that is one of his key characteristics. There is not a situation in life that you cannot learn from if you will simply ask the question, how would Jesus respond? How would he respond to my situation, the situation I'm going through right now? How would he respond to what is happening in my family and to the people around me and even in my church family? How can I become more like Christ in my attitude and in my actions? But secondly, God made me to serve him. If you study the Bible and history, you will see that God has always had work for men and women uh, to do, for his creation to do. When God placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he told them, tend the garden, take care of it, manage the garden and name the animals. God has a place for each of us. Being comfortable is not the goal of life as far as a Christian is concerned. God has a plan and a purpose for your life and mine, and he has a job for us to do while we are here on the earth. Acts chapter 13 and verse 36 says, After David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. What an epitaph. What a great thing to say about anyone. Can you imagine having someone say that about you? He or she served God in his or her generation, and then he died and she died. What a great testimony. So what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Whether you have five years left or 50 years, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Sleep, eat, drink, watch television, go to work, retire, 
and then wait around to die. I want to submit to you this morning that you are made for a purpose much, much greater than that. God did not put you on earth just to take up space, breathe, retire, and die. There is a goal greater in life than retirement. All of us need a great cause to live for, a purpose bigger than us, a purpose for us to give ourselves to so that life takes on meaning and significance. There is no greater purpose than serving the Lord. God made me to know him, to become like him, and to serve him. There is no greater purpose than to advance the kingdom of our God. Things come and things go. Nations come and nations go. But the kingdom of God lasts forever. You serve God where you are, where he has put you, and in the day-to-day -day routine of your life. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Dear friends, God is good. So I beg you to offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way to serve God. Don't be like the people of this world, but let God change the way you think. Then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. Offering ourselves to God is a daily decision. It's not a once and for all decision when you, when you have accepted Christ. It's a daily decision. Every day I face situations which force me to decide, am I going to choose my will or God's will? Am I going to choose to go God's way and do what God wants me to do or do what I want to do? My plans are God's plans. It's a choice. We notice the, the results of committing ourselves to doing what God wants us to do. It says we will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to God. Now God only guides those who have committed themselves in advance to do whatever he wants them to do. It is not God show me what is good and pleasing to you and then I'll decide whether I want to do it or not. It doesn't work that way. It's God in advance, I choose to do your will. I'll go anywhere, do whatever you want me to do, and I, I choose to do it in advance. He said, to know God's will is man's greatest knowledge, and to do God's will is man's greatest success. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. If you give a glass of cold water in Jesus' name, there's a credit for it. Even menial tasks become significant and take on new meaning when you do them for God. There's no such thing as secular work and church work. 
I think God wants to look down on your life and mine and say, that's my school teacher, that's my principal, or that's my superintendent in whom I'm well pleased. This is my nurse, this is my doctor in whom I'm well pleased. This is my mother at home raising her kids in whom I'm well pleased. This is my secretary or this is my janitor in whom I'm well pleased. Any job can be done as unto the Lord and for his glory. You serve the Lord where you are and say, I will do my part in making God's kingdom a reality on this earth. So the question is, how do you serve the Lord? Quite simple, by serving others. We serve the Lord by serving others in Jesus' name. And that's where self-esteem comes from. It comes from serving others. God made me to know him, to be like him, to, to serve him by serving others. But number three, God made me to live with him someday. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 1 through 4 says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing, for we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. See, God wants us to live with him someday. The fact is, earth is just a temporary training ground for us. We are here 60, 70, 80, 90, or even 100 years. But those, are, but those years are nothing to be compared with the billions of years that we'll spend in eternity. We're going to spend far more time on, on that side of eternity than we do on this side. How we spend these years on this side of eternity is going to determine what we do in eternity. So what have you done to prepare? A grandfather talking to his, was talking to his grandson. And he said, son, what are you going to do in the next several years? The grandson said, I'm going to grow up, go to high school and graduate from high school. Oh, that's good, the grandfather said, but what then? Then I'm going to go on to college and graduate from college. Then I'm going to get a job. Then I'm going to get married and have a family then I'll make a lot of money and be successful. I guess 
I'll eventually retire and I'll die. And the grandfather said, then, what then? Of course, he couldn't answer. It is foolish to go through life unprepared for something everybody knows is inevitable. How you invest your life on this side of eternity is going to make a big difference for billions and billions of years. In fact, if we can even think in terms of years, eternity uh, can't be think, thought of in terms of years. Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 40, for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Eternal life is for everyone. It is offered to all of us who look to the Son and believe on him, believe that what he did on Calvary's cross was for us. You see, if you haven't settled this issue of faith in Jesus Christ, then you should do that this very day. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, said the Apostle Paul, and you will be saved. Most of us, or all of us here, at least in this sanctuary, and, and, um, and those listening or following us by on, on Facebook, have accepted the offer of God in his son Jesus Christ. And so today we can say that we are children of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In Matthew 6:33, Jesus said, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. What a great promise. That's saying there is nothing that God won't do for the, for the man, the woman, or the young person who is totally committed to his plan, his purpose, and his will. You can count on him to meet all of your needs. And this is not just a theory for me. It is something that I've experienced. I can testify to that. I took Matthew 6.33 literally, believing that Jesus would not lie, that he would do what he said he would do, that the Father would do. And so I've told this story many times, and just to mention it briefly for those who have not um, heard my story, so I can't, don't have time to uh, tell you all the details. But I started out with my, my studies, leaving my home in Jamaica to study in Canada. And I started a faith in God, taking Matthew 6.33 seriously. I had just one semester school fees, and the Lord took me through 13 consecutive years of study without me borrowing a penny from anyone. Two years before I completed the PhD, God provided a job for me, which I was at first reluctant to take. But I eventually decided that I would, I would go uh, God's way. And that is what brought me here to the United States. And then 
He not only provided a job, but he provided a, a house for me and my family. At that time, we had only had two, two children. The other two were born here when we came to the U.S. And the rest is history. I could spend all day telling you about all the things that God has done for me and my family. He said, there's nothing that God will not do for the person who is totally committed to the building of God's kingdom. Or number one, job as Christians is to build the kingdom of God. There's no such thing as a non-serving Christian. It's a contradiction. So ask yourself, how is my existence benefiting the kingdom of God? If it is not, then you're missing on the very purpose for which you were created and redeemed by God. When you find yourself, when you find your purpose in life, all of a sudden the frustration level in your life goes down and the fulfillment level goes up. The confusion level goes down and the contentment level goes up. The stress level goes down and the success level goes up because you're doing what you were made to do by God. Some years ago, a Reader's Digest article um, had this statement. It said, the three keys to happiness are someone to love, something to do, and something to hope for. That's what we are talking about. Someone to love and to be loved. That is God. Something to do to serve the kingdom of God. Something to hope for heaven and to be with God forever and forever. Or in heaven we will be resting from our, all earthly toils. We'll be relieved from all our earthly burdens. We will be enjoying the absence of all earthly cares. Celebrating the end of all earthly trials and receiving the rewards for our earthly labors. And these rewards include the crown of righteousness, the crown of life, and the crown of glory. Heaven is a place where graves never open, gates never close, tears never fall, hearts never break, tempers never rise, friends never part, rejoicing never stops, and blessings never cease. Or when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and we will shout the victory. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.